in today's world, having a four-year degree where you studied something or having a master's degree where you studied something and things like that, those, those things are, are certainly not as important as they were in the past because there's so many different ways that you can learn and acquire knowledge, right? There's, mm -hmm. The information is, is so much more readily available and people are able to access it in different ways. Yeah. And so I think that the origin of skill has become less important. It's more, you know, kind of the subject of this talk is how do you know whether it's valid or not, right? Mm -hmm. and, and just because they have a bachelor's degree in computer engineering, does that mean that they really know how to do, you know, JavaScript? <laughs>
situation all over again. So what exactly is the gold standard of skills, of skills validation, and how does technology like artificial intelligence and machine learning play into that? And today we have a very special guest. We kind of sneak peeked him there on that clip. We have John Deal of our product marketing team at Phenom today to talk about skills and how to validate them. So without any further hesitation, John, welcome to the program. So much for uh, having me. Uh, thank you for so much for terrifying social media with the picture that you posted of us yesterday. I was gonna say you look a little sweaty. Were you watching Cops? <laughs> <laughs> now we have to get license agreement. Yes, we do. We, do. We, do. we are skirting uh, that. I did use artificial intelligence for it. And I think I changed it enough, but hopefully there will be no lawsuits for that. Um, nonetheless, John, skills, huge topic right now. Um, how I want to start off and kind of set the stage of. How did it come about? How did this transition from, you know, job requirements and job titles transition into more of this skills-based economy, if you will? Yeah. So, you know, talent shortage is a real problem right now. And so when you're a company that has to fill critical roles and fill them quickly, you now need to move from something as broad as do they have this level of experience in this job to do they have this singular skill, right? And, um, you know, to put it in the sports terms, yeah. like we like to do, yes. always throw a sports analogy here. Like, okay, what what do you what do you play? Oh, I play football. Okay, mm -hmm. well, how does that help me if I need, like, no, if I need a quarterback or a mm -hmm. lineman or something, right? Like, yep. you need to get more granular into, you know, what are, what are their specific strengths what can they bring to the table? Um, you know, and if you go back, this, now I'm dating myself, but if you go back to the necessary roughness days, Kathy Ireland, she wasn't a football player. Mm -hmm. She was a soccer player, yeah. but man, could she kick? And <laughs> guess what? You need kickers on a football team. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Transfer, transferable skills. So that's really what's driving this is okay. we need more granularity in order to fill, fill roles faster. And we can't just depend on what their last job title was. That, that makes sense. When you think of, you know, kind of the, the talent economy before, it's almost like youth sports, right? Where there are uh, kids everywhere and they're playing basketball, they're playing football. And then you, you enter into today's kind of economy and, and really shortage of talent. And it's we have to get these specific individuals to play this specific role. Right. And what trends, what skills are transferable from the, you know, t-ball player who had a cannon for an arm and you can put him in left field can he play quarterback at the next level right we're starting to sound like espn and the talking heads so we're we're going to get back into the the skills conversation but that makes total sense the reason i bring up youth sports is everyone's journey is different so when we talk about the origin of skills how much does that play a role into today and and the reason i think of that is oftentimes when recruiters will open up a rec or hiring managers will open up a rec, they're looking for specific industry experience, right? I'll use Phenom as an example. Hiring typically will look for somebody who's worked in the recruiting space so you can talk the talk and walk the walk. How much does the origin of skills play a role in today's skills economy and talent economy? Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting. It's the old, like, uh, do you hire for market knowledge or do you hire for skills, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and ideally, you get the intersection, right? Yeah. The the X factor, if you will. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, they have the skills and they've mm -hmm. exercised them in this market, yeah. right? Um, but given the shortage, 
I think that you like you have to focus more on the skill itself than where it necessarily came from, right? Um, and in today's world, like having a four-year degree where you studied something or having a master's degree where you studied something and things like that, those, those things are, are certainly not as important as they were in the past because there's so many different ways that you can learn and acquire knowledge, right? There's, mm -hmm. The information is, is so much more readily available and people are able to access it in different ways. Yeah. And so I think that the origin of skill has become less important. It's more, you know, kind of the subject of this talk is how do you know whether it's valid or not, right? Mm -hmm. And and just because they have a bachelor's degree in computer engineering, does that mean that they really know how to do, you know, JavaScript, <laughs> yeah. right? It, it makes sense. And I, I think of it from the perspective, you could assign the same course to, let's call it 10 people, right? And it may be your typical onboarding or training. Someone who maybe has a video background is going to learn something different than maybe somebody who has a recruiter background. And I'm not talking about the overall lesson of the journey or the phenom explorer or learning curriculum, um, you're going to, you're a different human being. You're going to pick up on different things. And it may be the transition of the video. It may be how to frame a rejection letter if you're a recruiter or whatever that may be. So all of that combines to, to what you're referring to as this, this X factor of skills acquired and, you know, through traditional means and skills acquired outside. But it raises a question on the validation piece. How do you navigate the tricky waters of, let's say, a peer validation of someone's skills versus a managerial validation? Because they're going to be different. Uh, people act differently around their peers than they do around their manager. So how do you navigate those kind of tricky waters when validating skills as a whole? Yeah, I think it's it, it can't just be one or the other. I think that you have to really take into account multiple sources of data, right? It could, you know, a peer validation could be valid because that person knows that their colleague much better than maybe even the manager does yeah. in some cases, right? Or it could be like, really, really Devin is so cool that I'm going to give him a great, uh, uh, give him great uh, peer review for his social uh directorness right so you know yeah and so just looking at a point of a data or you know managers because they do performance reviews because they do maybe hopefully one-on-ones every week maybe they do know the skill or you know maybe they're maybe they're disconnected so it has to be really i think devin is collecting data from multiple sources even from the person themselves yeah. how do they view themselves yeah. right so that's that's interesting, um, especially when you bring in self-reflection into that, because I, I think it's more and more commonplace for people to almost have imposter syndrome when they, they move through it. You see it from in movies, TV shows, everything like that. But to have that validation from a peer perspective and a manager perspective, and then almost if you are a hiring manager asking someone on that that says, you know, John Deal mentioned that you are good in this particular area. How do you feel about that? Do you, do you agree? And you can kind of build on that. But as we talk about gathering all of this data, I think the question is, what role does does AI play? That's that's AI's playing field. How do you or how are is artificial intelligence validating data to some extent to help this, quite frankly, learning process for folks where this is a new approach to to hiring for talent is is leveraging skills and this ontology of skills as a whole. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think you can do it 
without the AI because you can't, you need enough data to be statistically relevant. And then as you start to grow that data set, it becomes impossible to manually kind of yeah. collate everything, right? So the machine will be able to take the different sources of data, will be able to weight those different sources and be able to, to give you more of a indicator of how valid a skill is, how what level of proficiency it might have. And humans are always in that loop, right? Yeah. You always want people to be able to check the machine. And, and so responsibly, you know, you, you build the AI and the humans use it as the assistant. But the, the, the large data set that you can get from somebody taking online courses, from somebody participating in projects, from somebody doing an assessment, from somebody, you know, getting endorsements from either within the company or without the company, mm -hmm. from, you know, a hundred one-on-ones and three years of performance reviews. And all, like all of that data is going to be overwhelming for a person to go through, right? So you, the AI needs to be, like it, you really need the AI to really make it worthwhile. Makes sense. And then I, I imagine you talk about the validation there. So let's say, for example, someone starts off in a sales role and transition. Is the machine itself looking at skills that were in a, a potential sales role and skills that were in, let's say, a customer success role and implementing them into an individual's profile where then a peer or a mentor can say, yeah, actually, conflict resolution is a huge skill that this individual has. I didn't think about it that way. Does it recommend skills as well uh, to to maybe lighten some of the challenges associated with that process? Yes, yeah, it absolutely will. Um, you know, the, the moving towards skills doesn't mean moving away from roles. Mm -hmm. Moving towards skills just means enhancing role information, right? Okay. And so if there is role information that somebody was in a customer success role or in a sales role or whatever, then we will use that to help guide managers when they make uh, endorsements to help guide self-reflection uh, and even to just help guide the machine from an inference perspective to say, hey, this person probably has this skill based off of this resume or these things that they've done. That makes sense. Um, and it's it, fantastic to not have that on your resume. That was always the most challenging part for me to fill out was you have your name, you know, everything that's like skills. What can I say <laughs> about myself? Um, but having the, the machine implement that is wonderful. We've solved it, right? The skills is easy. You can do it. I'm kidding. Obviously, there are some challenges with skills validation. What are they and how can you know organizations or individuals look to overcome them, right? While they're rolling out um, this X factor of traditional roles and now the implementation of skills as well. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things to overcome is communicating the plan and the move towards skills and what that means. Like mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of the pushback that we get from people or a concern that we get is, oh, you, yeah, like you're letting them do self-rating. Aren't they going to basically game the machine, right? Like, oh, I'm trying to get this job, so I'm going to go to my profile and add a whole budget, right? Yeah. Like skills, mm -hmm. like, like whatever, whatever it might be, like a conflict resolution or, you know, 360 dunk or, you know what I mean? Or, you know, act, yep. acting, acting in a lead drama role. So that, 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 some of that will happen, but if you mm -hmm. communicate correctly that here's the plan, here's why, right? Then I think it leads towards better self-reflection. I, I think it leads towards better uh, endorsement. I think it leads towards, um, you know, better engagement in in other upskilling activities, yeah. right? So that's, I think that's the biggest thing is just kind of communicating what the strategy is, why you're moving towards skills, and then how people can engage in that strategy effectively without 
fear of you know sprucing up their their yeah. resin right right that makes so. sense no and i uh i had a little bit of experience in that uh putting up random skills on things it was a, a joke in a company that i worked for many many years ago where we would just endorse each other on linkedin for random things i'm endorsed for trapping i'm not sure if that is the traditional like hunting or maybe more of a modern term of of trapping but nonetheless those issues arise and it sounds like to your point they'll kind of weed themselves out over time right like where the machine will will begin to pick up on things and be like, hey, maybe this is something that needs to be validated by a human rather than uh, simply putting it into it, this individual in that that bucket. But we talk about the challenges. We talk about kind of how it happens. What are the benefits of an organization to taking this approach? Uh, so many times when we talk about new technology, artificial intelligence, uh, the old man you know yelling at the cloud says, well, things if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? What are added benefits to taking this approach that will help organizations hire faster, retain better, and evolve their employees? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it lets them get much more granular. Okay. And when you can get more granular, it gives you the ability to open up what you're looking at, right? So you can, if you're looking at it, things from a skill perspective, then you're able to really see, okay, which employees have this skill versus which role they're in yeah. and then it helps you as you move out into the marketplace if you're if you have to hire externally because yeah. we love internal mobility here i think we there was a great conversation that two gentlemen who look just like us had a couple of weeks ago about career pathing uh which we have taken full advantage of <laughs> <laughs> but if you have to look externally then it gives you more flexibility there because you're able to get get more granular below the role level and understand like, okay, this skill, which is applicable. The machine is telling me this skill is applicable to this role, this role, this role, and this role. Now I can go out and source for customer success roles and sales roles and this role and that role to fill my product marketing role or to fill my social director role or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So, well, and I, I think it, it raises an interesting point. My wife all the time, she works in, in talent acquisition and there's so many individuals who or like me when they graduated college, university, or were entering their early professional career where they don't know what they want to do. Um, they're a little bit better off than I was when I said in my career office, I just want to wear a suit to work every day. Um, that didn't work out. But nonetheless, when you have an, a skill set and you have a cornucopia of jobs to choose from, for a recruiter, I think that that might be an advantage for an early conversation, right? Oftentimes, folks will say, no, I never want to work in sales. No, I never want to work in customer success. They kind of block themselves off. But if you're looking for talent based on skills, especially for earlier professionals, you can say, hey, we have a number of roles I think you'd be a great fit for. That's a heck of a lot better intro than I want you to start off at this entry level sales position, right? And then it turns into, as we've talked about for so many years here, a talent advisor sort of role where it's Hey, these are the roles. This is why I thought you'd be good for them was because of that skill set. Now, the other aspect that I want to ask you about is as much as we want to say that every hire that walks into the door of every organization is going to work out, that's not the case, right? For some way, shape, or form, can you leverage this skills information to say the last person that we had in this role didn't work out because they were lacking this skill because they needed Maybe it's organization. Maybe it is public speaking. I don't know what it may be. Can you hone in on that and say, all right, they may not have the rest of the skills, but we really need someone for this because this role is so contingent on it. Is that 
also a benefit of it? Yeah, absolutely. You can um, not only focus on from a skill perspective, but also do something called that we call ideal candidate matching, right? Like, like you kind of said, like kind of the flip side of this person didn't work out. Here's somebody who did work out here. We know that person's skill set. Let's find a person that has that skill set, right? Or if you're just like, I need this one skill, like mm -hmm. push everything else aside. I really need this one thing, yep. right? Like good with mics, right? <laughs> Some people hold them too close. Some people hold them too far, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. you've seen it happen. Yeah. So, um, so you have the flexibility to do both, yeah. right? And um, to kind of further your point about you know talent advisor and things like that, the 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 machine will help you. Like when you talked about what re what skills do I put on my resume? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. One of the things that people can do on their resume is they can they can put whatever skill they want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Usually, usually whatever their roles were mm -hmm. is is usually easier to validate. So yeah. how do you how do you validate the skills? Well, you can validate the skills through the roles using the machine, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I if, if I had these three roles, and it's very likely that I have this skill, versus you put on uh, trapping, uh, top of the list, <laughs> right? But your background doesn't necessarily say that. The mm -hmm. machine will be able to automatically do that for you, yeah. right? So. Um, so that you don't have to interpret whether it's the old hunting term yeah. or the newer, more modern term. Yeah, right? no, it, that that makes sense, and I think it's it's so important because oftentimes I think from a candidate's perspective, they see a job title, they want it, right? Like that is how individuals job hunts typically start today. We have the internet; we're no longer filling out paper applications for things. There's no help wanted signs unless it's at a, a restaurant or an old mom and pop shop like in your town people hop online and they google for customer service role they google for product marketing role right that's going to mean a very different thing at different organizations i know that firsthand when i switched into a different product marketing role right so bringing in this skills portion of it will the job title is always going to be necessary right it, I, I think it will always be necessary on our linkedins it'll always be necessary on our resumes, everything. We're never going to hand in a resume just filled with skills, right? You need that tenure and things along those lines, but it will help individuals find the right number one type of organization they're looking for and the right type of role that they're looking for. Am I way off on that based on, you know, some unique examples of skills throughout the, the process and, and people's journeys with skills? Is it going to make the job hunt easier for everyone involved? I guess is the best. Oh, way you're, you're way off. <laughs> I had to say it once. So, <laughs> um, you know, job descriptions are marketing tools yeah. typically. Right. Um, and job titles are when, when, when they're posted on a career site, they're usually marketing tools as well. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I, it's happened to me before where you apply for a job, you get there and they're like, okay, well, your actual title is going to be this thing that was slightly different than what we told you. Is that yep. okay? Right. Mm -hmm. And it, what are you going to say? No, like yeah. I'm out of here. Right. <laughs> like you just got the job. Um, but having the ability to, um, to share information with a career site and get, like you said earlier, like recommended skills for you as a person will yeah. then drive recommendations of jobs that the job description itself may say one thing, but the skills that the machine associates with that job are going to be slightly different. Right. Yeah. And so I think it helps you to understand like, this is a, 
this is what goes on from a customer success role in this organization because the machine has figured out the context of that organization and what skills are associated. Yeah. This is what happens in this organization. And you know, product marketing is a great example. Customer success is a great example where it could vary greatly. Yeah. And, and so the, the AI really does help to kind of normalize that a little bit from a recommendation perspective. And then it still gives you the ability as a talent marketer or as a recruiter to use the job description to try and seal the deal. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Now, we've talked about skills a lot. The, the one question that I, I want to ask you specifically is how I, I, tangible might not be the, the right word, but are hard skills and soft skills accounted for in, in this technology? And what I mean by that is woodworking, right? That is a specific skill where you can build a table with your bare hands, polish it, you sand it, do the whole thing versus someone who may, you know, have empathy as a skill, have uh, soft skills, if you will, in, in that sense. Um, is there a, a differentiation in the system from that? Because I believe that could probably be up for interpretation in a lot of ways, shapes or form. Yeah, it, it, it does accommodate both. And there are different ways that you can validate those different types of skills. And to be fair, there are when you look at validating technical skills or validating soft skills, or as Janet said on the X Factor webinar yesterday, I, I'm going to plug it as much as possible since I hosted, right? Uh, but uh, she calls them power skills. But there are ways to validate technical skills with assessments. There are ways to validate power skills with assessments. There are, and there are ways I think that you can guide managers and guide peers when they endorse you for those different types of skills. I think you can help give guidance to how they endorse you. Um, and it's going to be slightly different for, for both, but both are accounted for because both are required. Mm -hmm. Right. So that makes sense. And I, I maybe future state, but I'm not sure when we're, we're looking at some of these things, someone may not put em empathetic on their, their resume. Right. But if you were to look at their job history and you saw that they worked for a nonprofit for you know the cancer society or they worked for a veterinarian's office or something like that, will the system infer that they have those sorts of soft skills? Maybe not use empathetic or, or those words specifically, but in, imply that this person is good in delicate situations. With, with the, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it can. It can, uh, it can infer some soft okay. skills uh, for sure. Um, it will really infer a mix of skills based off of uh, off of the background, okay. um, also based off of you know different activities that they might have done, right? Yeah. Like if they uh, if they work part time at a, like a soup kitchen, right, yeah. or, mm -hmm. or things like that. Like those are things that can be gleaned from the resume or gleaned from an application, and then turn that into a skill analysis. Also, but, you know, so it's, it's useful. But at the end of the day, the individual has to provide that right on their their resume. Um, it's what we heard all throughout college was just build out your resume as much as you can. Get those interns. Volunteer, volunteer everything. immediately. Yeah. Even if you hate yeah. people, go volunteer, right? Yeah. Like it's <laughs> now they actually matter. That's right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's always mattered. I'm kidding. John, <laughs> right. I like, did it for the love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing that, uh, that I want to ask is obviously Phenom is working in this space right now. When we talk about skills, um, I know when I think of them, oftentimes I think, what are they? 10, 10 skills in, in the world? How, how do you have, what is the number of skills that are in a you know system or an organization at a time? Is it 1,000? Is it 100,000? Is it a million? What could it possibly be that is in, you know, when it comes to a skills ontology itself? Sure. So the, the Phenom Skills Ontology, 
technology has about 400,000 okay. skills in it. Um, and I, same thing, right? You're like 400,000, how yeah. could it? And then you start looking at them, you're like, oh yeah, that, yeah. that's a skill too. Yeah, mm -hmm. And then you get, you're like, yeah, it could probably be, it could probably be 400,000, right? So, um, and it gets very granular, right? So because there are, there are jobs that have very specific needs, like it could go down to the, I can fly this certain type of plane, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I have this belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. So, um, so it, it, 400,000 is, you know, it's, it makes sense when you start thinking about, mm -hmm. how, you know, we're talking about granularity, we're talking about matching, you really need to have a lot there to match against. Yeah, that makes sense. And when, you know, there could be a, a security position that requires that particular belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, right? Like that's where right. You, you need that. That's going to beef up a resume. So Perville, I think is speaking of security. He's, I yeah. think he looks like or, a, a black belt in IT security. I hadn't even thought of that. That is, <laughs> we, we need to think about these things more often. I, we often think of Python and all of these other snake technologies, but sometimes you need to just throw hands when it sometimes comes to protecting you just, right, yeah. the infrastructure. If you, if you, if you don't scan your badge on the way in, Purple's coming for you, buddy. <laughs> you know, see, that's, that's what I mean. No skills. You might not. Exactly. Yeah. No tailgating. Right. You, that's right. I completely understand. This has been a, a very insightful for me because 400,000, I couldn't think of them, but now you're starting to, open up my mind to some of these skills before we part ways, John, and, you know, carry on with this. Is there anything else that you want the audience at home to, to talk about when it comes to skills? Uh, just that, uh, Devin, that the data is important, but being able to action the data is equally important. And that's, that's the main thing about validation that I've been trying to, to kind of get across here is that if you have an experience where your employees can participate, if you have an experience where their peers and, and managers can participate, if you have an experience where the HR team can participate in moving that person along in their organization versus just analyzing data on the back end, yeah. it makes all the difference. And so it's it's not just the system of data we're talking about, it's the system of action. And that is, I think, uh, one of the things that you really need to take into account as you start to think about all the things you have to, think about yeah. <laughs> right yeah, that is that not only do you need to stand up the data but once it's stood up you need to be able to take action on it yeah and I, I, from that perspective i think you can look at that data itself on who is taking action in the system and say this individual is committed to this this company they're helping it for the better right it's a very intricate piece of data where you're not looking at how many emails they sent how many slack messages they sent because that could be filled with nonsense but if you're looking for you know, people who are validating skills, who are recommending others for other roles. It's, they're trying to not only help other individuals, but they're, they're helping themselves, right? When, when you look at that, and this is a power user of somebody on the marketing team who is an ambassador for the whole team. Maybe we should look at them for a leadership role or something along those lines. Like that's big picture stuff that I think of with that. Um, but this is, this has been super helpful. John, is there anywhere else that folks can learn about skills. I know we talked about the X factor a little bit. Where where else should people go? Is there anything down the pipeline coming? So there is, and sneak preview. Yeah. Uh, but we we will be holding a, a skills day okay. in December. Um, so a uh, whole day dedicated to conversations like this, where people yeah. can learn about skills. Uh, get through the FUD, right? Like a lot of people mm -hmm. are, are are scared of of even getting started because it seems super complicated. Um, and also like 
this is a talent management problem only. No, that's not correct, right? Yeah. Like skills are applicable across the board. As you kind of said, on the talent acquisition side, they can be very important. So skills day is coming, um, just like winter. And <laughs> uh, I mean, that turned out great, right? Winter So it all worked out. Yeah. Um, except for the last season. Gosh, there was there was a last season. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that that is helpful, and now we have to do it. Um, so we have we have put everyone on notice. Uh, more details, I'm sure, will will follow soon around that. I'm excited. Skills are here to stay. I think at the end of the day, just like artificial intelligence is, just like these uh, Gen AI technologies are, and if you're hesitant about it. The best thing you can do is educate yourself, I think, at the end of the day, which is why we put on this, which is why we put on the webinar and why we'll do more in the future, because the more you learn, the more you expose yourself to this new way of thinking. I think at the end of the day, it's going to help you as a professional and your organization in, in the long run. Right. Yeah. This this entire show was used Gen AI to generate the content. The so entire thing. The whole thing. <laughs> Even this. Even this. And this. <laughs> <laughs> and the stepbrothers references throughout. Uh, John, thank you so much for your time. We'll look forward to you know the, the upcoming stuff that is happening with Skills and Phenom. If anybody has any questions or anything, uh, the best thing that I would tell you to do is head on over to phenom.com and request a demo of our Skills platform. We also have um, some Skills ontologies that you can do, get a, a Skills infrastructure around your organization. But you could request a demo or reach out to your customer success or account manager, and they will be more than happy to help you along the way. John, thank you so much. Thank um, you. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, and we'll we'll do it again sometime real soon. Sounds it's always like a blast. <laughs> we'll see you. Thanks. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Bye. Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster employees evolve in their current roles and beyond recruiters achieve some next level productivity and managers build better teams with data and analytics and of course all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning so head on over to phenom.com to learn more